The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Something we talked about yesterday, and again, I want to give a little warning if there are, are young listeners uh, in the vicinity of the radio, send them outside or give them a screen or do something with them to distract them uh, for the next few minutes because this might be a little sensitive uh, for them because uh, Lucy Letby the serial killer in the UK you'll know she's been sentenced to spend the rest of her life in prison but one thing that was remarked upon yesterday was that she wasn't in court for the sentencing or to listen to the victim impact statements and indeed the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has suggested that they might look at a potential law change in that country to compel those found guilty to be in court physically in court to hear the statements when they are read out. But what is the value uh, of a victim impact statement in terms of the perpetrator hearing them or indeed for the families of the victims of crime getting to have their say? Well, here to talk to me about their own experience of this is Kathleen Chada, who lost her two boys, Owen and Rory. They were murdered by their father in 2013. And Andrew Furlong is with me as well. His daughter Nicola was killed in 2012 in Tokyo, Japan. You're both very, very welcome to the show. Kathleen, if I can start with you, can you remember how you went about the victim impact statement? I mean, is there guidance or or are you just given a a blank page and told off you go? There was some guidance. I was very lucky. I had a fantastic um, uh, guard liaison officer and he was able to, I suppose, guide me. He gave me some information on it. But effectively, it was my words. And it had to be my words. Um, so I wrote it. Um, I had a little bit of guidance from him. Um, I went through it with a psychologist that I was seeing at the time, and that helped. Um, but I knew that it needed to be me. It needed to be in my words. Um, that was really, really important. And uh, I also knew that I needed to be the one to read it. And uh, I needed to know that Sorry, you know, when it was being heard, that it was he was, yeah, he would hear it. Sorry to cut across you there. I, 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 I was just going to ask: Do you have to submit it for approval? Can you say anything you want in it? Yeah, we we did, which feels a little bit like censorship almost. Um, I had to send it through the guard liaison officer who had to submit it to the guards, uh, or through to the courts, I should say. And uh, then it had to be approved in case there was anything controversial or anything that shouldn't be there. So um, it it does. It it feels like censorship, mm. you know. So you have to think about what you're writing down there, um, which is it's hard, you know. Um, so the the whole process itself was difficult. It was emotional. Um, but I will say one of the best pieces of advice I was given was actually to submit a copy of it to the media um, because it meant that nothing would be um, misconstrued or misquoted. Um, you know, so that was actually something I was told in advance. So um, because people are interested, mm. um, you know, they want to know um, what what my thoughts are, what my thoughts on I suppose on on my ex-husband were, um, uh, but you do wonder, and even going through the process, you wonder how much of an impact it's actually going to have. Um, Why was it, as you said, why was it so important for you to read it in your own voice, that he heard your voice reading it? This was my one chance um, to make sure that he um, knew how I felt 
I didn't have any communication with Sanj. Um, so this is my chance of, of letting him know. So I wrote it and then read it, aimed at him, albeit that I read it with my back to him facing the judge. Um, but I, you know, I needed him to hear it in my voice. Um, and actually, from so the whole process, was, in a way, was for me. Um, uh, like I say, I don't think it was going to impact anything. It didn't, you know, it didn't have an impact on sentencing. He got two life sentences. Um, I do know that the judge, Judge Carney at the time, did listen closely. And he, um, I had a photograph of Owen and Rory that he took up. Um, and and looked at closely and advised me that I could put a copy of that into the file, which was unusual apparently. Okay. Um, but that meant an awful lot because it meant it made it personal. You know, it made it made me feel yeah. You know what the courts are taking? They, they don't get hardened to this. You know. Um, so uh, so for me, it was very much about me letting Sanj know. Um, without ever having to address him directly, mm. what he had done and the impact of what he had done. Well, stay with us there, Kathleen, because uh, yeah. Andrew Furlong, as I said, is on the line as well, whose daughter Nicola was killed in in Tokyo in, in May 2012. Uh, Andrew, thank you for taking the time to speak to us as well. Um, can you remember the process with your own victim impact statement? What Was it different for you in a different jurisdiction? Well, <laughs> different jurisdiction now, right? We we had to go through people to get to people, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. This was Japanese. You had to go through people who were talking English to transfer it over to Japanese, vice versa, to know what they are coming back to us with. Like, everything that we wrote down had to be checked the same as Kathleen, and you just couldn't write what you wanted to write because... <laughs> I, I I wouldn't be able to say it on your radio station either, like. But I do, you're in such a state when all this is happening, and and there, an, an impact statement is coming from the heart, which your mind in your mind is all your mind is in so much turmoil that you could put write twenty different things, and it'll all mean something to you, but. It, it, it won't mean a lot to anyone else. So I, I had help with mine because head was in such a state. Uh, 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 um, uh, a retired guard, Larry Smith, and he helped me with it. And and, and, that's, and, and then I had to go through all Japan. And from there, <laughs> I, I don't think the, the, the accused does make any difference to them what Mark said. Because the know they're going down, they, they, they look at you and they'll probably think of 400 and other things rather than listen to the words you're saying. Mm. Because to them, it's, they know where they're going. And they don't give it about what, what you were thinking or anything like that. Did you get something out of it, though? If you think maybe the the perpetrator of this uh, awful crime, uh, Richard Hines, if, 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 if it meant nothing to him, did, did you at least get some value from putting it down in words? 
Yeah, but I put an awful lot down in more the sense, like, you know, you're getting you're getting comfort, but you're getting comfort of something that your your child is dead. So it's it's not something that you ever intended to be writing. You ever wanted to write. Mm. So what you wrote was, I don't know whether it's to give you comfort. It's just you have a broken heart. Your head is gone. And writing down something like this for for uh, some fella that he wouldn't even give a, a hoot with what you wrote. So uh, comfort, I can't say yes, I or no. As I said, mm. I've wrote a lot of things and but your heart is broken. In a way, you know, as well as it serving the purpose of of, of letting the, the, the court know, the judge know, and letting people know how you've been impacted, it, it serves as a kind of a eulogy as well for, for whoever has died. And I just wonder, did, did, did actual eulogies make more of a difference for you, Andrew? I mean, say that the uh, things that maybe were said at funeral masses. Well, my daughter, Andrea, she she done a great piece for, for a eulogy for Nicola. I have it all written at home in a book. And it was... It, it, I, 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 I've often read it, and it still brings tears. It was what Nicola meant to her as a, a little big sister and all this, you know. And mm. I get more out of that than anything well, <laughs> that I wrote for for the court case. Because the court case was... was, was <laughs> was written with, well, you could say, temper, madness, broken. Whereas yeah. I know Andrea Ross is the same thing, but it was, as I said, I still have it, and I've read it a few times since. And she probably hasn't, but she'll never forget what she wrote. And it was often said to me about what she wrote. There was even a song wrote about her, about the girl with the sparkling eyes. Uh, a fella wrote a song here for for Nicholas, and so yeah. eulogies. Yes, you you never forget him, but you never wanted to hear him. No, certainly true. Um, Kathleen, I mean, you're you're in this awful situation, is it right? Of having to kind of nearly do this again when it comes yeah. to parole, you've you've got to write another one, do you? Yeah, you do. So. Um, up until about a year ago, um, you could only make a written submission. Um, and as bad as the um, as the victim impact at the time of the trial originally was, this was a hundred times worse from my perspective because that was when I was angry because um, he was applying after seven years, which just made no sense. So you know, I I basically said in my that uh, it made no sense. That what was the point? Um, it was ridiculous that I was having to make one in the first or write something in the first place. Um, and even then, when I wanted to put a photograph of Owen and Rory on, uh, because I want whoever is making these decisions to know my boys. I want them to know Owen and Rory, not just a case file. Um, uh, I was told I couldn't put a photograph in. Now there is a photograph of them there. Mm in the file because of Judge Carney. But even that, you know, it was I was told, you know, that it was 
it wasn't the done kind of the done thing because of the perpetrator, you know, I suppose giving them access. And as I said, you know, I knew what I was doing. I knew who was going to read it. It has been made very clear to me that he will receive all of the information that I submit. So I know that the photograph is going to be seen by him. But, you know, in my case, this was their father. So he he knows the, the boys, uh, you know. Um, so it feels cold sometimes. It feels um, like a little bit like, what is the point? Mm. Um, and our circumstances, Ourself and John, you know, the circumstances are very different. Uh, obviously, in, in my case, it was my ex-husband. It was Owen and Marie's dad, you know. And, and so when I was writing mine originally, I knew he was reading it. And I know, know how well I thought I knew him. <laughs> but, you know, so I, I can, I'm directing it, if you yeah. like, for that reason. Well, listen, I, I, uh, I can't imagine it's easy to talk about these things again and go back into that place where you were staring at that blank piece of paper and having to write it. So I really do appreciate you both taking the time. Thank you. It is important and it's important that everybody get the opportunity to write it if they want it and to get the opportunity to write what they want. Um, So don't underestimate the impact of it. You know, just because, you know, we'll, we'll sometimes wonder what impact it will have. But certainly for me, it, it was important. But for others, it may not be. Well, listen, very well said, Kathleen. And thank you for your time, Kathleen uh, Chada and Andrew Furlong. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.